Money, as they say, is the root of all evil. This saying is especially poignant now, as central banking institutions and the fractional reserve system are wreaking havoc on the global economy. Bitcoin as an alternative to the fiat system might be a legitimate escape hatch. In this podcast, I sit down with brilliant individuals who think critically about the world and who recognize this technology's possible implications. Hey guys, welcome back to the Bitcoin versus the Banks podcast. I'm your host, Milan Stanojevich. Um, this is going to be a little bit of an unusual episode in that I don't have a guest with me today. Um, so once a week, my plan is to do uh, three things. One is going to be a market update, kind of tell you what's happening with the Bitcoin price. Uh, I'm going to go over some news. This has been a pretty busy week. Uh, and then I'm going to cap it off with a little bit of a, a lecture, if you will, just providing a little bit of insight into uh, how you can, you know, own Bitcoin, how can you hold your private keys, safe practices, things like that. So the current Bitcoin price is 30,312 US dollars, which for my Canadian counterparts out there is equal to $40,095. One Canadian dollar will get you 2,498 sats. Now to give some perspective, uh, at the very beginning of the year, January 1st, the Bitcoin price in US dollars was 16,600. So uh, despite any drawdowns from yesterday, um, it's up a staggering 83% uh, year to date. So it's doing pretty well. Uh, on top of that, the hash rate is uh, at an all-time high. That's, that's it as far as the market updates concerned. Let's jump into the news here. Uh, so the first thing I'm going to start with, uh, let me just share my screen. There we go. Uh, so a couple days ago, there was a big uh, lawsuit that finally got settled, and this isn't related to Bitcoin per se. Um, this is a Bitcoin-specific show, so you may be wondering, why am I going to talk about Ripple? So let me just jump into the headline first. I'm going to do a little bit of reading, and then I'll explain its significance or relation to Bitcoin. So it's captioned here, did Ripple win or lose in court today? Yes. Uh, one of crypto's biggest debates, what should and shouldn't count as a security in the eyes of U.S. regulators, turned promising for retail-facing projects after a key legal ruling on Thursday. But like many things involving the sector, the decision wasn't completely clear-cut. A three-year court battle between Ripple Labs, the developer of the Ripple blockchain, and the Securities and Exchange Commission, that's the SEC, took a major turn with a federal judge ruling that the network's XRP token was a security when Ripple sold it to institutional investors a number of years ago, but not to the general public. So what ended up happening was that the SEC determined that it, it is not, in fact, a security. And this was seen as a huge windfall for, uh, you know, owners of XRP. Um, the coin, in fact, did a huge rally. I forget, it jumped up as much as 60, maybe 70%. It's gone down a little bit. Uh, but the reason this is significant is because over the past year, let's say year and a half, um, the U.S. government has had a pretty hard stance against crypto uh, more broadly. Um so if they are deeming this to not be a security, then there's a good chance that they're going to kind of feel the same way, be more uh, positive towards crypto. And why that's important is because it's the SEC that has, uh, on numerous occasions, denied a spot Bitcoin ETF. You know, they've not allowed it to be approved. 
So if they're being more optimistic or uh, positive towards crypto more broadly, then I think the chances of the SEC approving that spot Bitcoin ETF look pretty good. So that is quite significant. Okay, so the next big piece of news is that Celsius founder Alex Machinsky has been arrested and charged with fraud. So as it says here in CBC News, sorry, CBS News, Alex Machinsky, the founder and CEO for, sorry, Alex Machinsky, the founder and former CEO of bankrupt cryptocurrency lender Celsius, has been arrested and charged with fraud, federal prosecutors said on Thursday. Machinsky was charged with seven criminal counts, including securities, commodities, and wire fraud, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan. He's also accused of misleading Celsius customers about the company's business, including how it would use their money, while depicting the lender as a bank when, in fact, it operated as a risky investment fund, according to the indictment. And there's a lot of people, I can't actually give you the numbers here, but a lot of people who over the past few years have been putting uh, different tokens, including Bitcoin, um, into Celsius. Uh, the idea behind this and, and some other places too uh, was that you can essentially deposit your crypto or in this case your Bitcoin and um, use it as a sort of savings account where you generate yield. And, you know, they were they were paying out or supposedly paying out astronomical numbers for your interest rate. Uh, in other words, you get a fair bit of money just by holding your Bitcoin on those uh, on those platforms. And of course, the problem is they went under, and now you have, you know, countless people who have lost their Bitcoin who are trying to get their funds back. Um, whether or not that's going to actually play out, or how that's going to play out, is undetermined at this point. But it's amazing to see this you know <laughs> i don't know what to call him he's not a nice fellow um finally being charged and uh, hopefully all the prosecutions will go through in the you know next year or so the third and sort of final piece of news um this actually relates to a bitcoin etf as well uh this is coming from australia so it says Australian Securities Exchange receives historic first spot Bitcoin ETF application. Monochrome Asset Management, a cryptocurrency investment firm, announced on Friday that its partner Vasco Trustees revised its application with the Australian Securities Exchange to offer a spot Bitcoin ETF. An official statement issued by the company stated the monochrome Bitcoin uh, ETF with the ticker IBTC will grant investors direct exposure to Bitcoin. Now, that's a little bit misleading. Um, I think I need to clarify this a little bit here. So if you if you were to, let's say, put money into a Bitcoin spot ETF, that doesn't actually mean that you are buying Bitcoin. What it is, is it gives people an opportunity to invest in Bitcoin through some sort of retirement account, um, or not necessarily retirement account, but some sort of investment vehicle. So in Canada, here might be a TFSA or an RRSP. Um, in the States, you've got like your 401k or your IRA. Um, so there are these groups. Um, here in Canada, we have the Purpose Bitcoin ETF. So Purpose um, themselves have bought you know, a bunch of Bitcoin that they hold. And if you were to buy a share of that, then you would essentially be sort of quasi owning Bitcoin and they're the actual custodian behind it. Now there's, you know, inherent problems with that. Um, if purpose or um, 
whatever custodian it is happens to go under. I don't know what that means for your Bitcoin. Um, so it's it's a bit of a proxy. It's a little bit of a, a gamble, if you will, um, purchasing that. Um, my advice to you, of course, would be just to buy Bitcoin outright. Um, but this is a nice alternative if you're looking to figure out a way how you can do it through a retirement vehicle. Um, and this is big because if Australia is doing it, we have other countries, including Canada, that have already approved it. Uh, Brazil has a spot ETF um, similar to the XRP win. You know, this is just sort of another landmark moment that indicates that the US is likely going to approve a spot ETF in the near future. And this is huge. Like, we cannot disregard this because we're talking about literally trillions of dollars entering into the space. Uh, BlackRock, the biggest fund manager in the world, um, they're looking to get into it. We know ARK Investments, um, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, that's being converted or hopefully converted into a spot ETF. You know, all of these, all of these groups have just so much money that they're trying to pour in. Um, and not only does it mean that money is coming in, but for me, where I see it really as a boon for, for Bitcoin is that it kind of validates it in the eyes of these investors who for years have been downplaying it, who, you know, like the Warren Buffett and Charlie Mungers of the world are calling it rat poison squared. Um, finally, it's being seen as a, you know, a real sound money hard asset. Even Larry Fink from BlackRock the other day was saying how it's... Um, you know, it's it's this global digital asset. He knows what it is, whether or not he owns Bitcoin. We don't know. He hasn't actually said outright. You know, I would speculate that he does because he, he understands it. Um, but the point is, it's coming. It's just a matter of when. Um, and fortunately for, uh, you know, people like myself, uh, Bitcoiners out there, um, we've had an opportunity to front run these big organizations. And, um, you know, if you've been stacking sats for the past, six months, year, however long, you know, you're, you're doing well for yourself. And at some point in time, we're going to see that rally, that like face melting rally where, you know, in a day it's up 15%, 20%, whatever it is. And over the course of the next couple of years, um, it, it's going to go up a lot. That's my prediction. You know, that's not investment advice. Um, I don't have a crystal ball, but, you know, based on historical patterns, and with these wave of ETFs that are coming, it's just hard to not see it it happen that way. Um, that's it as far as the news is concerned. Um, like I said, I wanted to kind of cap this off with uh, a little bit of a lesson. Um, I'm going to try and do this once a week. Um, what I really wanted to focus on today was uh, getting across the point that like Bitcoin, yes, it's a technology, but in a way, all it is is a ledger and in fact it's the greatest ledger that's ever been created you know in normal accounting practices you have what's called double entry accounting so on one hand you have a debit and on the other hand you have a a, a credit um, what bitcoin does is it creates this triple entry accounting system where you've got your debit and credit but the last part is a timestamp that actually proves sort of where uh, more sorry, more importantly, when a transaction actually happened, it gives it a timestamp. Uh, Satoshi, in writing his white paper, he didn't call it a blockchain; he actually called it a time chain because it sort of proves um, through all of the cryptography and hashing that happens uh, exactly when that transaction occurred, and that's that's where the miners come in and they validate that it's a proof 
or it's a piece of evidence that shows that, you know, if X sent this amount of Bitcoin to person Y, it happened at this time and everybody is in consensus about that. Um, nothing else like that exists in traditional finance. If somebody were to send money uh, via e-transfer to another person, um, that can be, you know, let's say mis, um, misrepresented or misunderstood by a bank. Uh, and in fact, these sorts of things do happen probably frequently. Um, and as a result, people lose money. Uh, I'm assuming banks probably lose money in that regard too, where somebody says they haven't received the money when perhaps they have. Um, I don't know. It's a little bit confusing. Um, but the point is, we have a system now with Bitcoin that has this definitive timestamp that can 100% prove that, you know, I, for example, sent 0.01 Bitcoin to a friend in another country, and nobody can discount that. And that is revolutionary. Um, that's pretty much it. Before I go, though, I just want to say, you know, if you're new to Bitcoin, Actually, I'm not new to Bitcoin and I'm still learning. Um, if you're interested in Bitcoin, and I assume you are since you're listening to the show, is do your research. Like take the time to study it. The I don't know if there's a, a best approach, but one of the things that I recommend is just reading books. Um, the first Bitcoin book that I read is The Bitcoin Standard by Savadina Moose. I'm going to link that in the show notes. And I've I've told people this on numerous occasions. That book for me is the only book that has ever actually changed my view of the world. Like I read that book and I had a complete paradigm shift. My my views or my knowledge around money just completely changed and opened my eyes. So the Bitcoin standard, he does have two other books that he's written. Um, there is the the fiat standard and then I forget the name of the third one. I'm going to have to look that up. But definitely read the Bitcoin standard. It's a great opening. Um, Nick Batia has a book called The Layered Money, which I highly recommend. Um, people always say how complicated Bitcoin is. And I mean, yes, it, it is complicated in ways. Um, after a while, you, you kind of simplify it, so to speak. Um, but Bitcoin compared to fiat currencies, so currencies that are supposedly backed by governments, are way more complex. And that's what that book does is it shows you how um, you have these layers, as the name suggests, um, that sort of disconnects a, a banknote. So a, you know, a, a $5 bill, if you will, um, from its sort of original source. It's, trust me, it's another sort of eye-opening book. Um, another one I recommend is Jeff Booth's um, book, The Price of Tomorrow. Um, that one can be a little bit confusing uh, as far as some of the words that are in there because he talks a lot about deflation. Um, the first time I read that, I was a little bit lost. Um, the good thing about that is it's a short read. It's a quick read. Um, and so you can read that one over a couple times. And at some point, at least for me, something really clicked. And uh, once you wrap your head around deflation, and how you have these two systems of deflation and inflation that are kind of coming to a head. It's another kind of like mind-blowing moment. So I definitely recommend that one. Um, I'm going to recommend a couple more books. I'm going to put all of that in the show notes for you. 
um, you know, don't, don't be in a hurry to, to, you know, learn, take your time. Um, if there's anything you don't understand, um, obviously you can look it up online. Um, you can hit me up for more information too. Um, you can listen to other podcasts. That would be another recommendation too. Um, one really good one is Guy Swan's Bitcoin Audible. What he does is he takes um, articles that are posted online, uh, places like Bitcoin Magazine. He reads those out loud. And um, yeah, this I, I've spent, I don't know how many hours listening to Guy talk and uh, he's awesome. Um, other podcasts, uh, one that I've listened to quite a bit over the past couple of years is What Bitcoin Did. Uh, with Peter McCormick, um, and then uh, Marty Bent and Matt O'Dell, they host um, Rabbit Hole Recap. That's another great one. It's all signal, um, no noise. So definitely check that one out. Um, that's about it. Um, if you guys want to find me on Twitter, uh, you can. Uh, it's My handle is at MilanNesic84. That's M-I-L-A-N-N-E-S-I-C. Eight four. Uh, you're welcome to shoot me an email as well. Uh, my email address is Milan at uh, btcvsthebanks.com. All right, Milan at Bitcoin versus the banks.com. Um, I will respond to you quickly. My email is attached to my phone. So I, I'd love to hear from you, get some feedback on the show. Um, if you have any questions, again, something you want to learn about Bitcoin, you don't really understand um, by, by means, reach out to me. Um, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, those of you that are streaming audio, um, please follow me. Um, you know, this is a, a brand new show, so I'm trying to develop an audience. Uh, so if you like the show, uh, let me know. Um, you can do that through the email. You can do that through through the app you're using, whether it's Spotify, Amazon Music, whatever. Leave me a note. Um, this is a, a value for value podcast. Um, so what that means is there are no sponsors. Um, if you think that there's value in listening to this or to watching this, um, if you use the fountain app, um, you're welcome to donate a few sats. Um, if you do a what's called a boost in fountain, you can actually leave me a little comment that I'll read out loud on my next episode. Um, so I'd totally love to do that because then I feel like there's more interaction between uh, myself and the audience. That's pretty much it. I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining me. Um, I'm going to be back next time uh, with Greg Foss, who is he's he's awesome. So you guys are going to love him. Anyways, thanks again, and I'll check you out on the next episode. Peace.